dog them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. Uptown got its hustlers, the Bowery got its bumps. 42nd Street got big Jim Walker He a bull-shooting son of a gun Yeah, he big and dumb as a man can't come But he's stronger than a country house And when the bad folks all get together at night You know they all call big Jim Ball All right, Just little Jim Croce by request It was his and they say you don't tug on Well, yesterday was 50 years since his passing So we had a request for that David Teal coming up here About half an hour I'm now for the Roth Report here on BDST. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. Good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Rick. Nice to be with you this morning. You as well. As always, good to hear your voice, man. Hope everything's going okay this week. It's chilly. It's fall already it in the morning. Baxter and I went out about 40 <laughs> minutes ago. He was ready to come back in. He's already back for his uh, mid-morning nap, which starts right after his mid-early morning walk. So mm. he's laying there here next to me listening to our show as always. Well, uh, a lot um, out of the game on Saturday. First of all, what were some of the things that you saw from a positive perspective after calling the game? You know, they they show promise. You can see what the coaches like. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can see, uh, like in drones, for example, you can see why he's so highly touted. Like, he's got a great skill set. He's got the body. He's got the, he's a big 6'3, 230 pound guy who can run and throw at quarterback. That's exciting. Uh, You saw three freshmen catch passes for the first time. So you can see where the promise is. And so I think that's positive. I thought Josh <clears throat> Fuga's post-game uh, statement to the media about don't give up on us, we're, we're hanging in there, I thought shows great team captain uh, leadership. Uh, I, I think there's there are some good things, but they're going to have to win some games, right? Uh, they've, they've shown flashes like last year. They showed flashes, but they're, they're having a hard time closing the deal 
uh, in a close game. So much to like there. I mean, I'm with you 100% watching the things that he creates with the defense. But speaking of the defense, that's the one thing, Bill, I come out of there watching the run defense. It continues to be a problem right now. Yeah, and they're looking at it close. I mean, obviously, you've got some injuries on the back end, right? I think the, the, mm-hmm. the loss of Nasir Peoples at safety hurt. I think football's always next man up has to play, and I think some of the younger guys have done well. It's just that it's like the it's like the hockey goalie, Rick. When the safety makes the mistake, what happens? That's true, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, if, if you're if your left defensive end makes a mistake when they're running the ball the other way, we don't notice it. But when the when the safety makes it, he can he can make the right play and the right read and the right fit eight out of ten. But when you see the fifty five yard runs and the thirty five yard run up the middle, and you mm-hmm. go, "What's happening?" Well, that's you know, well that's a guy that hasn't played much, if at all. And they've you know that's part of it. They're they're playing some younger guys at safety. They're moving people around for. Several series you had Mountain Monsieur Delane playing safety. Um, you know, Mike Burnup and I get into a deep dive on this if you're that interested in the X's and O's of it on our Level 7 podcast. Right. Like where Derek Canteen fits in. You know, a lot of people, and these are some new names to some people. Who, who can play where? What are the options? You know, why they're not getting any push up front from veteran defensive linemen is an issue. I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, the lack of a true Mike linebacker. I think as we get into this in level seven this week too, you know, they knew they needed a, a mic and that's where they thought Stone Snyder could come in from VMI and play. And then that didn't work out. So now they're trying to kind of jury rig that spot and they're not probably getting the productivity that they want overall. And so, you know, they're just not there. They don't, they don't have the personnel that they necessarily want with the experience that they want, but Hopefully they'll be better this week, right? Because those kids that played a lot of snaps on Saturday will look at the tape against Rutgers and go, oh, look what that offensive coordinator did to me, right? He's, he saw how I was reading this on the previous play. So three plays later, they went back to it again, <clears throat> and the tight end blocked me. You know, that's just good coaching. That's, <clears throat> that's good play calling, and that's good coaching. <clears throat> Well, let's look at the offense, too. I mean, other than the things you like, there are some things there, too. The running game has been a concern overall. Drones adds to that. What are you seeing on that side right now? Well, they're going to have to run the ball better. They're way towards the bottom. I think, what, 120th in the country yeah, running? Yeah, You know, they felt that, that, that Tootin, they made some adjustments on the offensive line, and with Tootin in the backfield, they'd be able to run it better, and, and that has not been the case. But, yeah, I think the Drones does give them – a little bit, you know, by having him out there, he, he ran for over 70 yards at the quarterback spot. Um, and, you know, he, 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 he moves around, right? And it's not just changing the launch point from where he throws because he can get out on the edge and if, if he can keep going, he can keep running with it. And so I think the drones as a running quarterback should be able to help Thomas and Tutin in the backfield that should open up that should that should pull a linebacker or a safety over because now you've got the threat of a, of a running quarterback and we've seen that over the years right if you've got a quarterback who can run that takes a defender away uh, that has to kind of account for the the running qb well what is your gut telling you now because obviously you know Brent pry was a little coy about it they've got on the death chart either or who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback play one on saturday I think they're going to wait till the end of the week to take a look at it. I mean, if Grant isn't 100% healthy, I don't know that you'd want him out there. But at the same time, you know, this is a big game for him. He's from Charleston. Mm-hmm. He's he's going home. Uh, you know, he, he was a, the star quarterback for that team. 
you know, you, I'm sure he wants to play against them. He's going to have so many friends and family there. Uh, you can't rule him out on, on Tuesday at a Tuesday press conference. Uh, it means so much to him uh, to play. So, but it's Tuesday when they made that statement. Now, mm-hmm. it's now you know, now we're Wednesday, so it's you, you got to be ready to go on Saturday. So that that's some time to to take a to take a good look at, at, at how his physical condition is i mean obviously you can understand why they would want to play grant uh on, on saturday all things considered yeah, where sure. he's from and his sure. background and 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 he wants to play he's a competitor he doesn't want to sit uh, but if drones has to go i think drones will be much better saturday than he was he was better in the second half he than was the first half against rutgers he was and that was his first collegiate start he didn't have that much experience so he played in some games at baylor right he played in games but he didn't start, and, and he didn't go through the week um, at all at Baylor. We're like, you're starting on Saturday. You know, last week he was the number one guy all week and got his first look. They had a couple of issues that he had a fumble in the first series where he and Tootin got messed up in the mesh on the handoff. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than a, a ill-advised interception, I don't know. He threw the ball to the sideline, probably just should have thrown it away there. Uh, but the Rutgers kid made a great catch. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he you know, did. and and there were some misreads, but it was his first game, and I know he's eager to get back out there, whether it's this week or at any point, and he's going to play again, obviously, because he's really good, and and he gives the Hokies a, you know, a different, he, he gives them a chance to have a running quarterback, which again I think should help the running backs because it it opens things up a little bit there. Well, before the break, uh, many people may have missed it, but SMU announced they raised $100 million <laughs> in a week. You know, they forego the television money. Maybe they knew something, right? What does this mean to see? This shows you exactly what it means, right, to see SMU get this bid to the ACC. You know, I think we'd be uh, – I've been there. I, I did, I've done games on TV down there. Yeah. And, and, uh, okay. They got all, When I say they've got a lot of money mm-hmm. – you know, they, they, there was a really good article in The Athletic. They got their billionaire football alums around the table. That's right. Okay. Very few teams. I mean, there are a lot of universities that have big money, like Stanford coming in. They've got the biggest endowment of any school right. in Power Five mm-hmm. in, in the country, right? Like an Ivy League kind of thing. Um, I think what makes SMU different is their billionaires want to win in football. And they did win in football. You know, they... So, Baylor, uh, Baylor, <laughs> SMU won 11 Southwest Conference championships. 11. That means that's 11 times they won the league that Texas and Texas A&M were in, right? Um, there is no reason to believe that SMU will not be an ACC football power soon. Yeah, right. They can outspend right. Clemson and Florida State. <clears throat> they already are. They just never – what they did when they won was illegal, right? Well, true. Very true. And now it's not illegal. Not illegal, right. Right. So they have more money than everybody else in the ACC. And, and, and you know, a lot of people have money. Like, like I said, like Stanford has money. But at, at SMU, their billionaire boosters want to win in football. And they showed that again last week. We need to, can we raise $100 million this week? Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Right. Yeah, got it done. So now you look at an NIL fund, <laughs> you know, they're not going to have any trouble playing in the new sandbox. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> now, 
Now, I'm not saying they're going to dominate the ACC. I just, I'm, by any stretch of the imagination, they've been pretty good in football. But what I'm saying is, is they have a lot of advantages, their city, where they recruit to, and the most important thing for some of their bigger, I mean, there's so much Texas oil money. I drove through that neighborhood in Dallas uh, just in around. I was doing the game with Mike Golick. You know, you know, Mike's from Connecticut. They got money up there, <laughs> right. right? He went to Notre Dame. They got money. We drove through the neighborhood where SMU is like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. You know, I, I, Chestnut Hill is nice. You know, or, you know, around uh, right. you know, all those private schools where the kids go and all these communities. But the the area around in Dallas. That's the only college football team in Dallas right absolutely and they've they they won big they got the death penalty they went away and boy they're coming back and you know you can't necessarily buy championships I'm not saying that but they've got a lot of things in place they don't have the fan base that Texas does they don't have the fan base that a lot of teams in the ACC that's right that's right but but they have money yeah and there's the battle right there. <laughs> They're already three-fourths the way home. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Coming up, we're going to have the SMA update. Also, we're going to have Bill's Baker team game of the week. It's always difficult during college football season. And his NRV Heart Clinic top three. All that's coming up with the voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Stay with us. Don't go away. This is Louise Baker with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. This is Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders and the host of Big Dog Sports Talk. And this is the Hokies' Bill Roth with the Wednesday Morning Roth Report. Football season is here, and we are super excited with the start of the new Virginia Tech football season. Join us for the Roth Report on Wednesday, October 18th, as we give away two tickets to the Hokies' Thursday night game against Syracuse. This year, we have a prize package to go along with the tickets, T-shirts, caps, and lots more fun. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk for more details. Louise, Bill, and Rick, your sports connection for the New River Valley. Our favorite phrases, go Hokies and go Highlanders. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Al Avellinos and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. This is Louise Baker with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. This is Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders and the host of Big Dog Sports Talk. And this is the Hokies' Bill Roth with the Wednesday Morning Roth Report. Football season is here, and we are super excited with the start of the new Virginia Tech football season. Join us for the Roth Report on Wednesday, October 18th, as we give away two tickets to the Hokies' Thursday night game against Syracuse. This year, we have a prize package to go along with the tickets, T-shirts, caps, and lots more fun. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk for more details. Louise, Bill, and Rick, your sports connection for the New River Valley. Our favorite phrases, go Hokies and go Highlanders. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like 
Avellino's, and Full and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First and Main today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. When you're high, you feel different. But if you feel different, you drive different. So don't drive high. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. From the classroom, to the studio, to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we welcome you back into the Roth Report here on this Wednesday. Hope you're doing well with Bill Roth. Time now for the SMA update. Lots of great stuff going on with the program. You know what we're doing today is we're going to spend a lot of time talking about female sports journalists, women in sports. And we're going to – really, it's, it's tailored to everyone in the class, but more so to our young women who want to get into the business. Christine Brennan, who I think is – boy, Rick – maybe one of the best two or three columnists in our country. We're going to talk with her a little bit, learn about her, and then learn about the challenges that uh, women have that want to get into the business. Yeah, she is terrific, isn't she? You've talked about her before. And, you know, in your class, you have what? How many ladies now do you have in your classroom as opposed to when you start? You're getting more and more, aren't you? You know, I think the percentage is about the same. It's, it's almost 50-50. It's just that we have... 280 students in the program now so there's there's a lot more young women that want to get into sports journalism and sports media and sports analytics than ever and it's different for them it's a different road for them and we would like to say oh it's the same for men and women in sports we would like to say it and unfortunately that's just not the case but what we can do is give them role models and give them opportunities to learn and and grow as undergraduate students at Tech. Mm-hmm. Because in our ecosystem, so to speak, whether it's Hokie Vision, strategic communications within athletics, or in the academic under the academic umbrella, it doesn't matter if you're a young lady or a guy. But in the real world, it can. So we're trying to prepare them for that. Very cool, very cool. Well, always great things happening at the SMA uh, with Bill and his students. And, hey, what about this Baker team game of the week, man? I mean, my goodness, there's one that stands out, but there's so many others as well. My goodness. It's just amazing. What a great weekend for college football. Finally, yeah. I mean, we have multiple games now that are exciting. Yes. So here, this, this was my, uh, my options were Ole Miss it is at Alabama. You mentioned the Alabama quarterback stuff, right? Yeah. Crazy. And, you know, and Kiffin going back to Tuscaloosa, you know. There's a, there's a lot of meat on that, though. There's a lot. A uh, whole lot. Florida State's at Clemson. That's a huge game in our league. It really is. It uh, really is. You know, everybody's counting out the Clemson Tigers. That's a mistake. <laughs> I know. That's I know. at noon. Um, Ohio State's at Notre Dame. I like that game a lot, too. That'll be a fun game to watch. It always is. It always is. But our Baker team, our Baker team game of the week is Colorado at Oregon. Mm-hmm. The Dion hype continues. 
If they can get this one, whoa. I know, right? I know. They go up there and win against that team? Woo. So I think that's our Baker team game of the week, the Colorado Buffaloes at the Oregon Ducks. Great choice. I continue to be just overwhelmingly impressed. At what he said yesterday in regards to the death threats to the play, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, it was tremendous the way he stood up for that kid after the hit. Yeah. You know, just it's wild, man. Did you expect this? I mean, I mean, maybe maybe a win or two more, but did you expect to see this kind of national phenomenon? He is the story of college football right now. You know, he's done a great job. I was talking with some of our writers about it that – He's done a really amazing job in controlling the narrative, and he's done a great job of taking the pressure off of his players and putting it on him. You know, he's like, I'm the target. If you don't like what you're doing, come to me. That's right. Not not my coordinators, not my coaches. Now they're winning, but, you know, he's, he's flamboyant. He's vivacious. He's uber-competitive. He relates to players. Uh, not only his own, but, I mean, look what he did in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I think, regardless of how this season goes, who transfers to Colorado at the end of this season is going to be really interesting. That's a great point. That's a great point. There are going to be kids all over the country who want part of that, right? Yeah. Yep. By the way, I'm back on our main line now. I'm not sure what happened there. Okay. Well, you want to do that? We, we can let's see how that works. All right. Now we've got you back. Now you can hear me, right? <laughs> Sounds great. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe the power, the, the, the system went down there for a bit. I don't know. That's pretty cool. See how versatile we are? We're professionals. We rose above it. <laughs> always. 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 But, I mean, it's interesting. Don't you think that there's some kids somewhere that, like, are watching what's happening at Colorado going, like, wow, that'd be oh, cool to be part there's of. There's no question. No question. And he's already put the invite out there. Hey, we need seven or eight. We don't quite have enough yet. You know, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, time now for Bill's NRE Heart Clinic Top 3. Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3. Now back to Rick Watson. And I'm completely in the dark, and I love it. This is my favorite kind. I love it, too. You know, so Ronald Acuna last night hit his 39th home run. Did you know that? I did see that, yeah. He now needs one home run to give him 40, right? So he's one homer and three stolen bases away from a season in which he would have 40 homers and 70 stolen bases. Okay, <laughs> That has never been done before. Wow. Not even Ricky. That's right. Not Ricky, not Bonds, n- never. And I was thinking, you know, sometimes when someone currently is having this amazing season, a Hall of Fame player is having his career year, we can lose sight of it because it's in the moment. Like, Acuna's at the top of his game, one of the most – incredible players in Atlanta Braves history. Right. He's a future Major League Hall of Famer. Sure he is. Absolutely he is. So I thought, okay, he's having maybe one of the greatest seasons ever by a player in the history of baseball. By the way, if we still got some baseball left. If you look at the Braves, they could have five guys hit 20 homers. <laughs> I know. So and this is what I'm I talking know. about. Like, like – you could make the argument that this year's Atlanta Braves are the greatest offensive team in the history of baseball. Yeah, you really can. If you better than any, better yeah. than the, the mid twenties New York Yankees, the nineteen twenties, not the not now the nineteen twenties Yankees. Statistically, now the difference is those Yankees did it for like nine years in a row, right? right? Yeah, they did. Ruth they did. Garrick, that whole lineup. 
and they all ended up in the Hall of Fame. But these Braves are going to be in the Hall of Fame. 23 division titles in 28 years. Yeah, That's Yankee-esque, isn't yeah, it? They just yeah. haven't won the World they Series. can't win the World Series enough. That's, That's it, right. which is big. It's big in, in, in the grand scheme of things. But in terms of the over 162 games, they're great. Anyway, I was thinking, who had the greatest seasons ever? Like the great in any sport, the greatest season ever. And this was hard because I did some research. After I saw Acuna's bomb last night, I started working on this. Oh, okay. All right. So these are my greatest seasons in any sport by any individual ever, based right. on the historic uh, yardsticks that would be set or landmarks that would be set during okay. the course of it. Ready? I am. Uh, 2000, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq led the league in scoring, second in rebounding, third in blocks. He was the All-Star Game MVP, the Finals MVP, and the season MVP, <laughs> leading them to the title. <laughs> Trifecta and a half. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now he, I'm, I'm, No one's saying that he's the greatest player ever. No, no, not at all. Not this at isn't – you know, Jordan had great seasons. LeBron's had great seasons. Okay. But I'm talking about uh, great careers. But that would be number three. Number two, I had to go back and, and research this one. 1966-67, Wilt Chamberlain. I've seen this league. one. Yeah. 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 24 points, 24 <laughs> rebounds, eight assists. Sixers went uh, 68 and 13. Right. Wilt Chamberlain, 1966-67. Like it. That's my number two. But where do you think we go with number one? I know who like, I would pick. Like, was it Ted Williams, 400? Was it? All right, what would you go with? I would go with whom I believe is the greatest individual player in the history of team sport, Wayne Gretzky. Uh -huh. That's it. 1981-82, yep. Gretzky scored 92 goals over 80 <laughs> games. Okay. <laughs> it's still laughable. 92. It's laughable. 92. 92 in 80 games. No one ever before came close, and no one since, right? It's incredible. Uh, wow. So that's our great – the 81-82 Gretzky. 92 with Ed goals. Edmonton Oilers, yeah. Woo. Yeah. People always ask me all the time, who's the greatest athlete in team sports? Bill, who's the greatest athlete yeah. ever? And I said, well, it depends on what you mean by athlete. I mean, if, if, you, if we're talking just athlete, I'm looking at like Jesse Owens. Sure, sure. Or I'm looking at Jim Brown, right? Or That's right. Or, you know, people like that. So a, a track star who won in multiple events or a swimmer who won in events. You know, Jim Brown was the best lacrosse player ever and in the Football Hall of Fame, right? Okay. Right, yeah. But in terms of like the greatest team sport performer ever, it's Gretzky. It's Gretzky. And, and here's the stat I go with. So in hockey, you score a goal, you get a point. You assist on a goal, you get a point. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you take away, if you look at the all time scoring in the history of the NHL, Wayne Gretzky's number one, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Number one by far, all time leading score, most prolific offensive player in the history of the sport. Right. If you take out every goal he ever scored, if Wayne Gretzky never scored a single goal in the history of his career, he still would be the all-time leading scorer <laughs> in the history of the National Hockey League on assists. On assists. <laughs> That's mind-boggling. It's, it's almost mathematically impossible. It is. It is. So Insanity. But, so that's our top three. But I think we need to – we're talking a lot of football. Everyone around here it's loves good. it. 
So let's not let's not give up on these Atlanta Braves as no, a conversation no, starter. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because what they're and the Orioles too. You know, I watched some of their games. Yeah, they're, great they're down in Houston, and and there's some Orioles fans here. But I think we're probably more of a of a, a Braves town than yeah. an O's town. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. But the Atlanta Braves are happening. Anyway, we're off to Huntington. All right. Uh, Mike Burnup is in charge of Friday dinner again. Excellent. He the park in New Jersey last year. <laughs> Excellent. Week. He took Excellent. us to a wonderful dinner. And he's got to do it again in Huntington, West Virginia. And hopefully the team will put it all together for good quarters. they got to get off to a better start, Rick. You know, Purdue was 17 nothing. Purdue. Right. Rutgers jumped out 21-3. to uh, We need to set the alarm clock a little bit earlier. you got to, you got to be good right from the start of the first quarter and not try to turn it on Agreed. and rally from 17 or 18 down. Agreed. So hopefully we'll see that on Saturday from the guys. All right, brother. Have a safe trip. We'll be listening. See you, buddy. Thanks. All right, man. I guess it's Bill Roth. And the Roth Report will take a break. Come back. David Teal joins us next.